Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 48 of Sack King's Therapy, the first Sack King's Therapy episode of the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you guys were safe out there. Yes, happy to New Year to you, too. And that is the voice of Fong Legacy that you hear. Uh, we'll be going through uh, the second uh, game against the Rockets at Houston. Um, so, before, but before we get into it, uh, just as an injury report, as well as, a, I guess, a mourning of someone who just passed away, uh, James Harden was out of this game. Um, I, for, I don't know what the injury is, if there is I one. Think, I, I don't know. But. I think it was that ankle sprain that he uh, got from uh, the previous game that we played against him. I th- yeah, I think he, oh, now that you mentioned, I think he stepped on John Wall's foot or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, uh, Halliburton was also out this game. Um, he basically fell on his back, and yeah, he woke up and it was it hurt very bad. Um, it is listed as a wrist injury, and he is going to be out for the rest of the road trip, which is only going to include the Golden State game, I think, because we're going to be back against the uh, against the Bulls at home on the sixth. So hopefully, we see him at that game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and for you know, just a sad moment, a sad day, uh, Paul Westfall, former Kings coach, has passed away, a former NBA champion, according to Fong Legacy as well. And uh, yeah, very sad uh, that he, he died from brain cancer. And you know, condolences to him and his family. Yes. I can't, to be honest, it's it's been a while since I've seen him uh, coach for the Kings. He He was here during the... The boogie years <laughs> yeah i wasn't really a fan of the kings back then so uh, honestly i don't know what to say about him and yeah you know it's a sad day you know i know he's he's been kind of a staple for a long time in the coat like as a head coach and you know he, and he was a pretty good player too he's in the hall of fame yeah Mason. so there you go mm-hmm. you know yeah so, a sad day um you know condolences to him and his family Okay, well, uh, for this uh, episode, we're going to actually kind of change up the format a little bit because normally we go through it, the plays that caught our eye quarter by quarter. But this game was very repetitive. It This basically sums it up. Uh, it was very back and forth, very back and forth. Uh, some stuff happened. It was back and forth. And then in the fourth <laughs> quarter, we basically couldn't buy a bucket and the Rockets were able to buy buckets. And that's why we lost. That's basically the gist of the game. I, I will go through like very specific things that caught my eye through the game. And we're going to start with uh, Marvin Bagley. So, you know, w- without, without it being said, he was out last year. So he lost a lot of time, of, you know, in terms of development. But, you know, Marvin does have a long way to go. And we'll start with his defense. You know, his defense is just bad. He gets blown by w- whenever he has to be, the, you know, guarding the screener's man. Um, when there's a pick and roll and he has to guard, you know, the ball handler, he just gets blown by guys, you know, sometimes gets out muscled by the guard, namely Eric Gordon. It's, it's just not there right now. And then the second part is that really caught my eye. You know, he like either he misses a shot or like, he's just a little slow getting back in transition on back to defense and I just feel like he needs to hustle back more and try to make a block because he is one of the most athletic people 
I've ever seen. He's probably one of the most athletic guys in the league. He should be able to make plays on, on the defensive end, you know, crazy blocks, chase down blocks. But it just doesn't happen. And I think he, I think Luke Walton needs to tell him he needs to hunt for those plays. You know, he doesn't play that many minutes right now. I don't know if it's a minutes restriction issue or something else, but you know, if you're only going to play like what, what do you play this game? He played 25 minutes. You might as well go all out and just tr- go for nasty blocks, you know, just to basically set a tone, you know, try and protect the rim a little better because, you know, y- you're getting pushed out of the way on most, on most p- plays and you, you can't really stay with quicker guards. So you might as well co- go for those, you know, highlight plays or do something because it right now his defense is terrible. Oh yeah. Uh, there was like one play that caught my eye was when PG Tucker was way behind the three point line and he just pumps fakes and you know Bagley falls for that. Uh, talk about it, Eric Gordon. That wasn't PG Tucker. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric Gordon. Yeah, I know the player you're talking about. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, it's Eric Gordon. Sorry, but you know it's it's a rookie mistake, sure, but he has to watch out for those because. You know, that's an easy three-point uh, lead for the Houston Rockets, and we were in a tight crunch at that time. Uh, overall, defensively, um, yeah, he, he didn't get any blocks this game. Uh, I thought he I thought he looked like he did good defensively within the paint, but, you know, overall, anything outside in the perimeter needs some work still. You know, yeah, like there were some plays. I'm not going to, you know, completely crap on him. He did have some good plays, but the overall majority of his defensive possessions is him either getting blown by or him kind of standing there and jumping straight up, not doing much, I guess. Like, at least go for the block. There was one specific, I think it was against David Nuaba, where David Nuaba laid, laid the ball in right in front of him. He jumps up and somehow doesn't block it. It was weird. And you know, the, these are like, you know, that these will come with experience. Um, I highly doubt he'll be this bad for, you know, the whole season. No, yeah. But it's something he's going to need to work on. And, you know, uh, and another thing, you know, the team needs to, I guess, look for him more in his spots because, you know, you'll notice that Marvin will be around the basket a lot, either that or he's in the corner. I just don't feel the deep with the offense. Uh, like looks for him enough on like cuts or you know open shots you know it's probably uh, it's probably like a two-part problem where marvin is not a great cutter he doesn't have great instincts i don't i don't feel in terms of like how to cut or where to go so like he just kind of ends up standing in certain areas where like it's hard to get the ball to him but it's something that needs to get worked on and you know and then there were a few possessions where they did get the ball to him and he wasn't a good spot to score, but he would get stripped or blocked. Now, Joel Embiid started out kind of the same way. He ended up getting stripped a lot, you know, um, mm-hmm. while going to the basket. It's going to be something he needs to work on. And again, it, it'll come with experience. I highly doubt he'll be, the, he'll be like this level of bad throughout the season but he basically just needs to learn how to play nba basketball right now and you know it's a work in progress but it is pretty painful to watch sometimes especially on defense mm-hmm. yeah yeah with the setting up bagley i gotta say i think um what do you think of his pick and rolls in a way 
I don't see them enough. That's the yeah. thing. Like, I don't feel like I think they run it more with Rashawn because just Rashawn knows what to do. Like, he's not going to try and do too much or anything like that. But at the same time, I don't think we've done that many with Bagley. I think, yeah, we should do a few more. Now that I only remember one, and wait, it was just a pass to Bagley in the for just a whatchamacallit, a hook shot or something. Yeah, so in, so but... there you go. You're like now you just listed an, another kind of observation, another issue. If we need to run more pick and rolls with him, because he can jump up to the sky for those lobs. Yeah. So like you know, I, I think there, there's a lot of potential there to be had, and you know we need to unlock it. And maybe there still is a minutes restriction, but I would love to see him play more in the fourth quarter. He was in the fourth quarter for very briefly, um, but like he didn't stay on for that long, and you know. During that fourth quarter drought where the game slipped away from us, I felt that Marvin could have helped because in in that section, we were basically just shooting jump shots that they weren't going down. And I've just felt like if you just had a guy in there to kind of draw fouls to go to the rim and just make something happen, that probably halts like the run that the uh, Rockets end up going on. So, you know, get him out there like let him let him kind of just feel it out and he'll start to you know know what to do and start to figure it out Mm -hmm. gain that experience and you know yeah we've said or you said this before that he's a great you know he he's great at drawing fouls and to be honest i didn't really notice that at first because you know uh prior seasons he he didn't seem like that way but he has developed a way to you know draw fouls and you have also mentioned that there's really only two people, maybe three if you count Harrison Barnes, that could draw fouls in this team. Yeah, and we need to get to the line. So, like, the, you know, those three people, it's Fox, Bagley, and Barnes. You know, Buddy, it's not really in his game. Tyrese, I don't think it's in his game just yet either. Not that it, not that it matters. Corey Joseph's not that guy. You know, Rashawn doesn't get a lot of uh, free throws at all, even though he's a good free throw shooter. But... Mm-hmm. You know, like those three guys, I think one of those three needs to be in there no matter what, just to like kind of settle down the offense. Now, of course, during that fourth quarter stretch in the beginning of the fourth quarter where we lost the game, like Tyrese Halliburton probably helps a lot with that because they <laughs> we needed someone to settle the offense because it was a lot of rush shots and a lot of forced layups and transition by Corey Joseph. And that's kind of where the game kind of fell apart for us. And Eric Gordon, he's going to do Eric Gordon things, like shoot from 30 feet and just make it for no reason. And yeah, that's basically where the game was. And, you know, there's a lot of things that the Kings could do better. And, you know, this is not the end of the world, of course, but these are things that I've kind of just seen and I think need to be fixed going forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I guess my final thought of the game was, you know, it's all over social media now. It's all on YouTube. But, you know, there was a moment where I think the Kings were down 10 or down 8. It was basically where the game ended. And basically, De'Aaron Fox tries to drive, runs into John Wall, who, you know, knocks the ball away, and then somehow gets it knocked off of Fox, and it's a turnover on the Kings. That is the moment where basically the the Rockets smell blood, and and they went for the kill. Showing you how it's done, basically. 
Now, John Wall has a lot of experience, you know, in the NBA, and he knows how to do this. He's he smelled blood. The Kings were reeling, and they just, just needed a little bit of a push to just knock him off and just go for the kill. And that was the moment where basically the game ended. And the Kings need to need to watch that film and understand that when you have a lead and the other team is just, you know, is basically falling apart. You need you need to make a statement, and that's what John Wall did with that play. Knocked it off of Fox, and and got really hyped about it. And he should be hyped because again, that won them the game. Basically, huh, that's really well said. <laughs> so yes, I I hope that the Kings kind of take away from this and just learn from that because learn from that experience because that's how you do it. You get a lead, and you. Ch- and like, you know, there was a moment also in the third quarter, although the Kings did come back from it, but like a moment where like they just start trapping, like because the Kings were really, they trapped Buddy Heald and Buddy Heald essentially threw up an air ball, a very ugly looking air ball, like with Boogie and John Wall trapping him. And then there was a, some early moments in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, ironically, Marvin was involved in this one, but basically, you know, they passed, they forced the pass to Marvin, Marvin gets trapped on the baseline. And again, the Rockets smelled blood, and they went for the kill by trapping Marvin. And Marvin just threw the ball to the Rockets because he had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Those are the moments you, they need. the Kings need to learn from, and those are the moments that they need to create for the other team so that basically they absolutely stomp the hearts out of the other team so that they have no hope of ever coming back. They need to embarrass, they need to embarrass the other team like the Rockets embarrassed us in the first fourth quarter. And that's the next evolution that the Kings need to take. Man, I have like no comment. Th- those are well-spoken words. It's something I'm looking out for, and the Rockets perfectly executed this game. Again, it was a close game throughout, up until like the, the start of the fourth quarter. And those, were, those are the moments that basically determine who wins the game and who has it. This was what happened in the bubble. We weren't ready for the moment, and the kit, the other teams smell blood, and they killed us for it. This, this is the what the Kings need to learn to do. They, they need to fight back, which they have shown that they can fight back from these moments. They, they're not just going to lie down, die. But when they get an advantage, when they get a lead, they need to take advantage of it. It's something that they are just going to need to learn. And Fox needs to be ahead of the snake on this one. I want to see, I want to see what he's going to do to Steph Curry next game. Because Steph, because the Warriors don't have anyone except for Steph Curry. <laughs> so yep, you got you gotta go for the kill. I'm, although Draymond is back. Maybe that's a little harder, but still, it's these are learned, these are very teachable moments and you know, great for experience. But I've said that for the past year. There are many moments that the Kings could have learned from. And, you know, these things still happen. Although I will say they happen at a less at a smaller frequency now. But it's the thing that they need to learn and to execute and to just, you know, be that's what it's gonna take them to the next step to make them a playoff team and, you know, maybe at some point a championship team. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but again, they need to make these plays. Mm-hmm. You know, all I have to say is we'll have to see. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. You summed that up real well, I got to admit. Yeah. And again, it's something I'm just going to keep looking looking to, like to see that if the Kings are going to be a new team. 
Now, of course, like this is not the end of the world. The Kings are three and three. And if you care about this stuff, still in the playoffs. So it's, <laughs> um, you know, again, it's a teachable moment. Like it's not the end of the world, of course. Like we had a lot of good vibes go coming into, you know, the Rockets games, but we have lost two in a row now and we do need to bounce back. If we want to be taken seriously as a, you know, a actual cont- playoff contending team, basically. Mm-hmm. And these are these are the moments that they need to seize. They cannot let their foot off the gas pedal. Okay, any any other thoughts on the game that you want to kind of go over? There were some no. very <laughs> weird moments. The refs were weird. Um, this uh, game, I, I know. Uh, well, some weird moments, I guess. Well, of course, the commentators uh, have mentioned that this was a sellout arena, and there were about 3,000 fans out. And did you think there was about 3,000 fans? I didn't feel no, it didn't feel like it. Like there, although I will say there were some crowd shots and like they they don't like there's some people that don't look like they're part of the same group. Uh-huh. They're pretty close to each other. That like, didn't really love that. There were still uh, cardboard cutouts, and I could, sometimes you can't differentiate because I had a very low res stream, but. uh there were still, of course, there were still fans, you know, on the other side of the court, you know, in the floor seats. Yeah, uh, you know, again, as long as you know they don't fuck around with, you know, COVID procedures, I'm okay with it. You know, part of me actually kind of wants to go to that kind of game because, like, you know, there's not a lot of people. It looked like everyone, like all the parties, got whole rows to themselves, which was pretty cool. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe it's a Maybe it's a pretty cool thing, and you know, like I, I would love to go to a game, but you know, I'm not yeah. risking it basically. So I'm pretty sure we have to get tested. That's one and two, no eating or drinking. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, there's some drawbacks to it, of course, but like you know, it's it, it looks like it's kind of fun. Again, you, you get mm-hmm. a lot of you know breathing room as opposed to you know a usual game where you're. I, the Golden One Center is really nice and all, but like it does feel cramped, you know. Yeah, it, it does, especially at the angle. Yes, yeah. at second floor, man. But you know, you could you could spend sixty bucks on a cardboard cutout and pretend you're there. Yeah, again, I'm still kind of deciding now. The more I think about it, it's like no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, other than that, yeah, again, I've already said my takeaway, but you know. It, again, it's not the end of the world. Kings are three and three, and you know, mm-hmm. hope against some pretty bad teams going up, <laughs> coming up. I mean, the Warriors are kind of a weird team. I, I don't know what to think about them. Bulls are not a good team. Um, what's after that? Um, Toronto is Toronto. kind of like Toronto's kind of trash right now. They just lost to the Pelicans. I, I, I don't know. Portland, yeah, Portland's mm-hmm. probably a better team than us. Um, but you know, they have, they don't, I know they got wing defenders, quote unquote, but they're not that good. <laughs> Let's be honest. Robert Covington's a good, like team defender, not a good individual defender. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have a chance on that one. And you know, maybe, maybe we take those games. Maybe sadly that Toronto Portland is our back to back. Oh, oh, oh God. I did not notice that. Interesting. So, to be I, fair at home. Oh. Yeah. So it's only a quick drive home to rest, but we'll we'll have to see. (laughs) 
because back, this back to back on paper, I, I don't, I haven't seen too much Toronto or Portland this season. On paper, it seems pretty scary. It, it does, and you know who who knows. Uh, again, mm-hmm. this this season has been so unpredictable. I, the Knicks are re- kind of good. They actually have the same record as us, so that's kind of funny. Um, you know, it, it, this season is very unpredictable, and you know things can happen. And who knows? We might just you know go undefeated until then, for all we know. Oh, that'd be nice. But you know, would be nice. Yeah. What should we go for a better record or you know the draft? I I will again. I will say I I don't like recommend like completely tanking just because mm-hmm. like again the with the flattened lottery odds it doesn't really matter if you're the wor- if you're one of the worst teams you don't have that much of a better chance to get the number one pick if you were say the tenth worst team in the league. Yeah. I think which I think was what the Pelicans were two years ago, and what uh, Minnesota was last year. Like they weren't the worst team by any means, but they were pretty bad. Uh huh. And they still got the top picks. But as I as I will say, like you know, doesn't you know? I want watchable basketball, and the Kings have been watchable. You know, save for some stretches where the where basically the ball just isn't going in or you know take a long jump shots they they've been good and i like it that way and let's keep it that way i don't want to see tanking basketball i'm yeah, not yeah. a fan of people bringing up the process because that were those were some painful years and also oh, yeah. it's not like they really took took that big of an advantage sure they kind of got lucky with two really good picks but there's some really stink there's some huge stinkers in there mm-hmm. but yeah overall Offensively, uh, for the Kings, I I thought they're taking really quality shots, regardless of Mickey in or not. Uh, we had uh, some good plays, and you know we had some really bad plays that seemed like weren't even drawn out at all. But yeah, well, I mean, like you said, all in all, we're gonna have to like learn and develop and hope for the best for the next few games. Yeah, and that's again learn how to go for the kill. It's it's my just biggest takeaway from these games, and it'll be part of the Kings' development. And yeah, hopefully it's heading in the right direction. And you know, hopefully they take away you know the right lessons from these two losses. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's gonna be it for this um, this review of uh, the Rockets game on January second. Uh, we'll be coming back hopefully on Monday the fourth. Is, is it Monday? Holy yeah. Blank. Yeah, Monday. Hopefully we'll be able to come back Monday. Although you know that's a pretty late game, and I, I don't know if we're going to be able to come out with an episode right after. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to catch you guys back soon. Yeah. Well, maybe see you later. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try our best. Don't you worry. Yeah, um, it's, but it's there's gonna be a lot of seven p.m. games from here on out. Oh yeah, so that's gonna be a that's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, just we'll we'll try our best to get an episode out. But you know, if we don't, you know, hopefully you guys understand. And we'll we'll like cover two games in one episode. That's not an issue. Okay. Um, this is kind of a little extra thing that I'm recording on the next day. After the original podcast has been recorded, 
Um, this is primarily uh, to talk about the Marvin Bagley's dad tweet uh, that came out last night. If you guys didn't see, Marvin Bagley's dad tweeted on his uh, Team Bagley Twitter account um, saying to the Sacramento Kings, please trade Marvin Bagley ASAP. Now, this comes as almost no surprise to a certain degree. He's actually been pretty critical of the Kings and you know, Coach Lou Walton about his, Marvin's playing time. Now, I have I did spend a lot of time talking about Marvin last night. You know, about what he could improve and what you know the Kings, you know, particularly Luke Walton and the coaching staff can do to kind of you know help Marvin like score better, play better on the floor. And I think I think there's a lot of potential there. And you know, it is kind of confusing where you know Marvin's not really playing in the fourth quarter, and you know I don't think has actually played 30 minutes yet this season. And I kind of chalked that up to you know just getting him in good conditioning, and you know not to overplay him. And you know he did have COVID, so and we don't know what the after effects of that just is just yet. So maybe the Kings just want to be you know careful with that. But you know it, it's been a confusing situation, and you know apparently a very frustrating situation for his dad, because you know his dad I imagine wants to see Marvin play. You know, he's a good player. He's got a lot of potential. And I feel like he just needs to play more to get experience so that he stops making these little mistakes that he does and which kind of ultimately gets him benched a lot. But like my main takeaway from this tweet is that this tweet doesn't help anyone. It sure as hell does not help Marvin. It does not help, you know, the Kings organization. The only thing, the only person that it helps is Marvin Bagley's dad. And to borrow a wrestling term, it's to get himself over. He he just wants his thoughts out there for the world to see so that he can, I guess, rile up the fan base to, against Luke Walton and the Kings organization. I, you know, there are better ways to do this. You know, I assume he has connections to the team and can talk to the team directly about, you know, his son's playing time. And, you know, like, there's a lot of things to it. Maybe it's just not, you know, just one thing. And, like... I just feel like there's a much better way to do this because him sending this tweet out now just puts an even bigger target on Marvin Bagley's back. You know, he, you know, the story goes, you know, he's not Luka Doncic. We drafted uh, Marvin Bagley second in the 2018 draft over a generational talent. And so far Marvin has not proven to be a generational talent, unfortunately. And, you know, this, the fan base was polarized enough about him. And now it's just going to add more fuel to the fire. And it's going to turn more people against Marvin Bagley now. And, you know, Marvin's now going to have to answer questions to the media. It's like, do you want to get traded? And it, unless he answers it in a very specific manner where he says, no, I do not want to get traded from the Sacramento Kings. That's just going to put, you know, more distractions, uh, you know, for the team and, you know, for himself. And he might end up not playing well because of it. We don't need more distractions right now. You know, we're on a two-game losing streak. And, you know, I I just want to see the Kings play basketball. And unfortunately, this is just going to disrupt, you know, us, the, the Kings, from being able to just focus on basketball. And it's too bad because, you know, like I thought Marvin was kind of on his way to doing something. And now you've now like Marvin Bagley's dad has just kind of thrown a wrench, his wrench into the situation. And, you know, again, I, I don't see this benefiting anyone. I listened to Deuce and Mo this morning and 
you know, I agree with their point. Like there are just there just are better ways to do this, and this doesn't help anyone. Now, you know, we'll, we'll see how the Kings handle the situation. I think Lou Walton was asked last night about this, and you know, he answered it in you know the best way he he could, and you know, hopefully, you know, the, the team just moves on from this. Marvin probably sets the record straight, does something because this is a very much unneeded distraction and very unnecessary, and. You know, like, again, there are better ways to do this. And, like, I, I hope Marvin does play well because, you know, Marvin plays well. The team probably does well, too. And, you know, to speak about the trade, like, you know, Marvin's trade stock is that it's at his lowest right now because he's not playing all that well. Like, he, he's on his way, but, you know, shooting 37% from the field. I think 38, closer to 38% from the field and 30% from three. Those aren't good stats. And, you know, his defensive issues, I, I talked about it on, on the episode. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get worked on. And we don't know what Marvin's ceiling is yet. So, you know, worst case scenario, he ends up playing well out of this and we get a good package for him. Like, best case scenario. But I like to see Marvin on this on this team. I like him. He's he's a kid with great character. And, you know, I, I know he works hard. And I just think he needs more experience out there. And, this does bring up kind of the question, like, you know, why isn't Lou Wong playing him in the fourth? Why isn't he playing him more minutes? But again, this doesn't excuse anything that Marvin Bagley's dad's doing. I get where he's coming from, but he he needs to, do you know, find a better way to do this. This only puts a bigger target on his back. And, you know, I'm not saying he is like LeVar Ball. There are a lot of shades of LeVar Ball there. This is kind of what LeVar Ball did for Lonzo and kind of what, derail Lonzo for a little bit you know just high expectations unrealistic expectations and again put a real big target on his back as soon as he entered the league and again this is very reminiscent of that and you know like I just hope like you know the Kings resolve this situation quickly and you know we go back to just playing you know good basketball you know until then this is just going to be a lingering issue and it's if the rumors are true that Vlade really drafted or really didn't want to draft Luca because of Luca's dad. I mean, like Jesus, talk about just a, you know, the world comes around. I guess uh, I don't know what the saying is, but like fuck, he ended up getting Marvin Bagley's dad, who's kind of Lavar Ball light right now, and you know, it's it's a messy situation. And again, hopefully it's, it resolves itself before it becomes a real issue. Um, yeah, so that those are kind of my thoughts on the situation. And, you know, I just want to kind of talk about this. It was a pretty big story that we just kind of missed uh, on last night's, you know, when we were recording last night. But, you know, here it is, and here are my thoughts. I'll, I'll probably try and get Fong's thoughts on the next episode, and we'll see what he says. Um, you know, we, I'm not sure when the next episode will be, but we will be watching the Kings game, and we will try to record, you know, something this week and or this upcoming week and yeah we'll hopefully we'll see you guys on the next episode then